Welcome to the FinTech Australia podcast, brought to you in partnership with Tier One People. I'm your host, Dexter Cousins. Today, I'm joined by Tim Dwyer and Dan Peters of LinePay, the next generation payment gateway, keeping customers in the merchants ecosystem, offering both card payments and buy now, pay later facilities. It's an innovative approach that could disrupt the BNPL industry as LinePay recently secured an oversubscribed $6 million seed round. Before we get into the show, make sure you subscribe and join our FinTech community for exclusive job opportunities, leadership interviews, podcasts, and the latest news. All you have to do is head over to tier1people.com forward slash talent. Tim, you're the founder of LinePay. How did you come up with the idea? Really, I think, you know, sort of circling all the way back to the start, where my background was and how it evolved into Lion Pay and how we're all on this journey now was, um, you know, my sort of background and experience was in the, I guess, the physical world in terms of that architectural design around how customers interact with their favorite brands in store, which was, which was really exciting. And then um, I moved into really the digital world and worked on some successful marketplaces with, with, with some of the greats. And what I saw was increasingly there was this explosion in, I suppose, the new form of how we can pay with our favorite brands, this new form of credit, which was outside of the traditional credit card product, which was the, the whole, you know, paying for and not needing a, to sign up to a credit card and not needing to pay interest. And um, I think what was interesting was just how quickly and how fast that was adopted. And um, what I think I noticed, and, and this was sort of from my experience, was the, I guess, the, the kind of the hidden truth, which was all these great brands were actually growing marketplaces, which um, is, is what Afterpay and ZipPay and Kalina and, and all the others are. They're essentially... Um, they essentially compete for customers to bring them onto their own platform. And I think the problem with that is, is that over time they end up building a stronger connection to their customer than potentially the brand that originally owned them. So LinePay, you know, in a nutshell, what we do is we kind of put the choice back to our great brands, whether it's Nike or others, so that they can bring those payment choices in-house. They get to own that customer relationship again and at the end of the day when a customer pays whether it's in full or in for they sign up to that brand um, it's great because this is a solution for everyone it's it means i use my existing let's say visa debit card and i can pay things off how i want i don't need to sign up to an account so i don't own enough to pay account whereas with this I would be interested in, I would use my, you know, Visa debit card and pay things off in four. And I know that's, that would res, that all well, that does resonate with the majority of the market, not needing to, you know, have a third party account. So, um, yeah. And, you know, I think on, on the other side of the coin is the, the amount of information that these great brands have now. Right. So they can see exactly right. for the first time, really, this is for the first time ever, they can see the whole spectrum so not only what customers are buying, so what products they're buying, but how and when they're paying for it, which is super powerful and compelling. So it, it's sort of now you connecting payment choice to product and also time. So the, the time's important. So, you know, a brand will know that at, let's say, January, that's when I typically like to pay things off 
differently to June, July, because, you know, my birthday is in January. So all these great trends around payments and products is, um, is so powerful so that now those brands can target, know, re-promote to me directly versus a marketplace yeah. promoting me to competitors of, of Nike, for example. So Yeah, so we're hearing a fairly similar narrative at the minute around Deliveroo and Uber Eats where, exactly. uh, yeah, yeah, got you. And so you've been really, um, it's been a great week for you. You've uh, got a big, big announcement to share. Yeah, look, we have. Um, so, you know, last year we we managed to um, secure a incredible, uh, it's not a Series A, this is a seed round of um, oversubs. We were aiming for five and we were oversubscribed to six. And we're working with some incredible high net worth individuals that bring a incredible amount of business backgrounds connections um there's there's just such a great group now that is uh not only funded yeah believed in this and and you know i think it i think at the end of the day everyone's excited for business and and how we connect with customers especially today it's you know those relationships are absolutely critical yeah. right now so you know um we're we're fighting a pretty incredible battle but i think one that's that's everyone's behind which is exciting I guess not only is the timing of the raise, uh, I mean, incredible, given everything we've got going on in the world. We've seen some mega raises recently, like Judo, Airwallet, Zinja. It's fantastic. But I think a lot of people have been commenting that businesses like yourself will really struggle to raise capital because they're not proven. And we're seeing that is not the case at all. There's been a few other announcements, particularly in the payment space over the last week or two, that's a great question, and you know, Dan has some really great views on all these areas too. Um, I should, yes, I should bring Dan into the conversation. Well, look, I, I suppose should I start with my background first because I think that is good context for the question. You know, I, I met Tim as I was on my way from Google. I spent twelve years at Google in Australia, doing a range of things, but for a good portion of it, running all of our retail partnerships. A lot of the big retail sort of enterprises were my were my partners and clients, and. As I spent a lot of time with the C-suite and boards of those of those retailers, you know, I'd hear a lot from them about how important their customer relationships were, about how that was the most critical thing in their business. They had better data on their customers than anyone else, and that was their key differentiation, and so on and so on. And so as I was watching the kind of rise of buy now, pay later, for example, it seemed to me odd, because exactly as Tim said, these are marketplaces that essentially disintermediate that relationship. So the kind of the rapid uh, adoption of them by the retailers always seemed to me curious, and, I, and, it, and it struck me that there was an opportunity for disruption there. And so when I met Tim, it just it just completely made sense that an enterprise play, effectively giving a native version of this solution to a, a merchant, would be really appealing. And that's exactly how it's turned out. Uh, you know, you know the conversations we're having uh, right now with you know the, the biggest merchants in Australia, the biggest retailers in Australia, is absolutely uh, confirming that 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 point so to your to your question about about raises in the market i think you know what we've what we've seen even in this you know period of covid you know i mean 
I'm, I'm loving the fact that I chose to leave Google just as a global pandemic hits. That's an awesome, awesome career decision. But it's actually worked really well. And, and well, you know, if, 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 but if we could put it another way, Dan, and if yeah. you know, 2000, the dot com crash, yep. if Google came knocking on your door, then would you have said no? Well, exactly. That's right. You know, uh, yeah. and you know, out of adversity and all that. Well, this is what we're seeing. You know, like I just got off a call just now with one of the biggest pet retailers in the country and and they basically said this crisis if you like has massively spurred our investment into e-commerce and into digital which we needed to do and so they, they've actually take you know taken this as a real opportunity and so the more merchants that we're talking to and retailers that that take that approach you know the, the, the more we're seeing the kind of opportunity side of of, of this coin so sure th- there is definitely going to be pain here let's not let's not try and hide that but I think it's well known and you know uh, and, and well commented on around the industry that, as you just said, out of many of these kind of historical examples of of um, crisis and, and economic crisis, has incredible boosts of um, innovation being born. You know, necessity being the mother of invention and all that. And I think that's what we're seeing, and we will see again. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, Tim, I guess that you know the capital raise. Um, what 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 does this mean for the business now? Is it you know can you sleep at nights now or uh, is it? There's definitely no um sleeping at nights. Sleeping entrepreneurs sleep is definitely a hobby. But um <laughs> and and yeah, I mean I think what it means for the business is that we can. Last year we were really working with SMBs and we will continue to do so. But now it means that we can bring across and we have brought across a just absolutely rock star team. We're looking to keep the team small, but um you know, just, just a whole range of great, great people that can now focus on the great brands that really, I think, have seen this, these, these sort of marketplace effects for a while, but just haven't known or haven't realized what else is out there that could cater for them in this way. And um, the great thing is they're not looking for another afterpay, but they are looking for something that can strengthen, build lifetime value, all those things, which um, is, I think, a breath of fresh air for them right now in terms of, you know, obviously what's happening. So like a lot of these things, timing is um, a part of it. We can pick the timing. It's definitely been, I think, yeah, happening for a while. And now, it's, as Dan mentioned, it's it's accelerated a lot of thinking, um, which, is, which has definitely helped. So, And so at the moment, are you just focused on Australia? Yeah, we are, um, but we won't stay here for too long the idea is to really validate some great case studies here and then sort of repeat them as you know sort of globally i mean dan has some thoughts on that too as well sort of global expansion but really the focus is here so yeah okay and uh, what what's kind of what's the next six months hold for for line pay the next six months is is definitely catering and working with all the fantastic conversations that we have happening right now really exciting not only brands but verticals and focus is a superpower when it comes to a new company and really i'd say that's sort of what our core area is it's it's focus so um that's that's you know there's a lot of competing distractions when you're when you're new and we're really trying to uh, you know we're, we're sort of yeah trying to zoom in to to create some great yeah great wins that we can repeat so Good stuff. And I guess in terms of the kind of big vision, what's the kind of five-year vision that you want to see LinePay become? 
Dan, it will be great to have your thoughts here as well. But look, I'll add in just a very quick uh, thought here. I think five years, the idea is that we'll be going from online to in-store. We have a couple of incredible approaches, which I believe will be, I guess, the, the difference between Nokia and, and an iPhone. It's transformative payment experiences, which will change not only how we pay and that experience, but how, again, we connect to that brand. It's, it's going to, yeah, we, we've got some amazing things that are on the horizon, which will be, uh, I think, sooner than five years, but um, super exciting stuff. Dan, I'd love to get your input as well, because you know, this whole talk around brand, we've seen Google make a big play into the fintech. We've seen Apple make a play into fintech. I just had a chat this morning with Razer, who are the gaming company. They're, they've got a fintech business and applied for a digital banking license in Singapore. So this whole thing around this kind of disruption that we're seeing and this word utility gets kind of used a lot. What's your play having come from the, the Google world? as to what we're going to see in this next decade. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, for the longest time, it feels to me like uh, fintech and payments generally was was just quite a boring commodity. You know, banking, uh, it was pretty slow-moving industry, highly regulated, very structured, um, you know, and you could argue not a lot of innovation, you know, um, and, and then all of a sudden, it feels like there's been, you know, kind of a bit of an explosion, obviously, in the last few years. And, and um, it, feel, it feels like that all of a sudden payments, for example, uh, can be a real differentiator in a, in a business model. You know, so many examples out there where the payment experience, you know, Amazon being a great one, you know, truly innovative payment experience, one-click checkout. Um, and delivery, you know, revolutionize really the way in which you interact with that, with that site. And I think there's just going to be a lot more of that happening uh, and a lot more innovation on top of that. And so that's part of what, what, what LimePay is trying to do is to bring the, the payment functionality and technology that's out there. And we're not inventing all of it. You know, we're built on top of Stripe and we, you know, bring that functionality to the forefront for, you know, for merchants and retailers out there who, who want to innovate on top of it and want to have a different kind of customer relationship, whether that's with loyalty or different kinds of checkout experience. I, I, um, I spent a lot of time with uh, both of the big, big retail groups in, in the country, but Woolworths and, and Coles. And, you know, I think it's no secret they're looking, uh, they're all looking to overseas and, and the, um, the likes of Amazon Go and the frictionless checkout experiences that are being developed in, in China and around the world. And payments is a fundamental part of that of that experience. There's a lot more to it than that, but payments is, is a critical part of it. And, you know, I think you're going to see the kind of consumer experience change quite dramatically. The consumer retail experience, if you like, change quite dramatically through payments over the next the next five to 10 years. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point that you raise. And when I look back, particularly over this last kind of you know, five years of fintech, it feels that a lot of it has just been arbitrage. Everybody's skimming mm. the transaction Whereas I guess what you, you're proposing is, you know, you cut out all of those layers and connect directly the consumer to the brand. Would that be a correct assumption? I think that's a one good way of, of looking at it. Yeah. And, and because you do that, you get to create a very different type of, of experience, you know, whether that's, um, yeah, as we said, like, a, you know, different differentiated pricing, um, you know, differentiated loyalty approach. Um, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, product proposition, 
that comes out of out of the the checkout. You know, a whole a whole range of things because yeah, you're bringing. You know, it's kind of simple. It's kind of consulting 101, right? If you if you have disintermediation in between in between two parties, you create distance and uh, creates friction, and and that sort of reduces the ability for either party to really to, to really communicate, yeah. you know, um, and to have that relationship. So I think what we're trying to do is is bring that back together again. Right. Well, chaps, it's been really good to catch up with you. We wish you all the best with um you know the the kind of next twelve months and getting everything off the ground it's great to to hear that you've um, got the raise away as well and hey you know, keep in touch and let us know how you progress thanks dexter Absolutely, yeah thanks so much dexter. It's been great to chat i want to share with you a huge initiative we're leading in partnership with fintech australia the fintech talent market the impacts of covid19 on the fintech industry already sadly leading to job losses so we've created a LinkedIn group to connect fintech industry talent who've lost their job to fintech companies with jobs. Revolut, Stripe, Airwallex, TransferWise, Zinja, Uno, Wiser, Tyro, and many others have got on board so we can keep talent in the industry. We've also created support groups, webinars, videos, articles, and tools to help people get back into work fast. For more information, Go to tier1people.com forward slash talent.